Where do you turn as a woman when the going gets tough? When everything you know how to do doesn't make sense? Well, my next guest on today's program, Darlene King, she's going to be sharing in those lines a story, a testimony. But above all, also, she's going to touch on our latest book, uh, Courage on Ego's Wings, a journey of uh, triumph through trials. I like that. I want you to stay tuned as we'll be back with my guest. And trust me, you're going to be blessed beyond words. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. Welcome to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to inspire you to stand on the Word of God and to help you build unshakable and unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. your host, Dr. Kazumba. Welcome to this Thank program. Thank you. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. It's been an honor and a privilege not only to know you, but to share life. We are like a relatives. Amen. Yes. Don't yes. worry about how we look. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Welcome to the, and the congratulations, by the way, <laughs> Thank uh, you. on your new release. Thank you so much. And I must say, before we even go to everything, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. May God give you many more years. Yes, amen. I'll say amen to that. <laughs> so we'll be talking about this book in a minute, but let's start off by you telling us a little bit about your background. Okay. Well, I was born and raised in Newfoundland in a little town called Stoneville. Um, my parents, right from the day I was born, brought me to church and uh, always went to a Pentecostal church in Newfoundland, in our little town. Uh, the whole town pretty much went to church. That was life for us. So um, as a teenager, I grew up in the church. I was very involved in the youth groups and uh, always went to prayer meetings, Sunday morning service, Sunday school in the afternoon, and a Sunday night service. You know, we would walk back and forth and to church every Sunday. and. Uh, it was an awesome upbringing, actually. I'm very thankful for the heritage that my parents have left me and how they raised me. And uh, at the age of seven, I gave my heart to God in Sunday school. At the age of seven? Yes. How was it? How, how, how did you just respond uh, to... How did you know this is the right moment for you to give your life to the Lord at that age? Okay, it was during a Sunday school session. Uh, we weren't gone to our classrooms yet. So in the beginning of the Sunday school, there would always be like a pre-service kind of thing where you'd sing action courses and whatever. And this particular Sunday, uh, the spirit just began to move really, really deeply among the adults, among the children. And my Sunday school teacher um, asked me if I would like to go forward and accept Jesus into my heart. And, uh, and I said yes. And there was about 
probably 15 of us children that gave our hearts to God that day. And today, most of us, I think probably at least 15, 14 of us are still serving God. Today. Still serving the Lord yes. now. Uh, that is so wonderful. Let, <clears throat> let's get into now your, uh, your, your, your story, you, you call it. I mm -hmm. call it uh, the testimony. Yes. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about your story, your life journey, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. Well, it began uh, as a young, I, I grew up and got married, of course, and had my first child, and as a young mother, I attended a, a church. Uh, I lived in a town called Summerford, Newfoundland, and there I raised my children in church. And uh, I remember at a young age, I think I was around 32 years old, when I stood in that service one Sunday night at that particular church, and the lady started to play the song, Whatever It Takes for Thy Will to Break. Lord, that's what I'll be willing to do. And that was always my desire, even up through my teenage years, was to know God's will for my life. And uh, But up through, you know, you make mistakes. Sometimes you, you choose maybe the wrong person to marry you, just different things that happen. But still, my heart's desire was, was to know God's will completely for my life. And as I sang that song that night at the altar, um, that Sunday night, I could not stop the tears. They were just coming. They were flowing out of me. And uh, it, I felt like something is coming. You know, I had that sense of something bad is coming my way. And I just cried and cried and just asked God to give me strength, give me courage to face whatever is coming because I really felt something was. Tell uh, us a little bit about that. So what happened um, just months after that particular Sunday night, um, all of a sudden I started to begin to notice that people were almost like they were worshiping my husband at the time. They, were, mm -hmm. they would bring, you know, fresh fish, lobster, salmon, and this, these, you know, it's not easy to always have that on hand, but mm -hmm. fishermen, and we owned a, a gas station, and I owned a craft store business at the time, so I wasn't at the gas station a whole lot. I was more at my business. Uh, but he uh, practically lived there. He was a very busy man. And uh, so I said to him one day, why are people treating you as if you're a god? Like it's almost like they're, you know, they're giving you everything. They bring meals to you. They, like why is this happening? And he just said, oh, it's because, you know, I allow them to have uh, credit, uh, you know, on their gas or whatever. And they just appreciate it. So... But deep in my spirit, I, I felt there's something more mm -hmm. happening that I'm not aware of. And so with that, I began to uh, pray mm -hmm. a lot more. I spent days in my room praying and seeking God's face and, and asking him for strength to help me. And eventually, uh, I, won't, I can't go into it all because it's such a long story, mm -hmm. but the, the day came when life was so bad, uh, I had found out that... He was involved in a in a Ponzi scam, mm -hmm. and he had what had happened. Uh, many people had got involved in this. Now, to be honest, wow. I don't believe for a moment that his heart was to hurt people. Mm -hmm. I don't think that he did it intentionally to hurt people, but I think he did it uh, because his business was failing, mm -hmm. and he hadn't told me any of that. And and neither did I know what he was involved in until after the fact. And uh, so through that process, we lost everything. Wow. 
many people lost, uh, there were millions of dollars that were lost by many, many people all in our area, all over the world actually, as far away as Thailand. There were people wow. involved in this. And uh, when I, I'm the one who actually called the police and put us, you know, I said, you got to come and, and uh, deal with this because I have no idea what he's involved in. Mm -hmm. And uh, his story, of course, was always something different, mm -hmm. so. And, and how did that destroy or distract everything in your life at that time? Well, uh, right away, uh, even before I had called the police, they were very present in our community. Mm -hmm. And many rumors, of course, you lived in a small town, and there were so many rumors going around. Uh, most of the time, I would be the last person to hear some of those things. But I remember walking into... Uh, a grocery store and our regular paper that you know was printed uh, for our area was on the counter and there was a picture of my husband on the front cover and uh, I did not know that that ever happened and wow. I just I grabbed the paper and I just flew out of that store and went home and and sat down and began to read some things that I had no idea was happening it people may ask how is it that you never knew? Mm -hmm. Well, the reason uh, is because I was, everything he did, he did at the business that he owned. Mm -hmm. And I was always at my business. I took care of our uh, weekly checks, you know, that we would get paid from our business. So I took care of the home things, the children, the school things, you know, all of that. Whereas he took care of everything else mm -hmm. uh, financial. And he took care of it through... Uh, the gas station where he worked. In this account, what is one of the things that amazes you most in your story? Um, I think the one thing is that really amazes me is the peace of God that I had through this. Mm -hmm. uh, with so much devastation, you know, you wake up one morning, you know, you're a millionaire, and you, uh, you wake up the next morning and and you have nothing. nothing. Everything is frozen. You don't even have a dime. Every penny that was in my home, in my children's banks, they took. They took everything. So everything was frozen. But what just amazes me is the peace of God, even through the the screams and the yells and and all the hurt. You know, and I wasn't heeding and and. It was just devastating to watch everything go little by little. How did you cope with uh, stress, depression, bitterness, and uh, just even the rumors going on mm -hmm. in your community? How did you cope with that? Um, I remember one day, I'll just give you this example. Um, I went to the post office. This was now, I had, this was probably three weeks after the fact, after he, he was already in jail. Now and I had to get. I had to go back to work. I that was my the only thing they didn't take at that time was my craft store business. They allowed me to stay working there, so I had to go back to work. And I knew the day was coming. So I got up this Monday morning and decided, okay, I gotta try and go out the door. And I hadn't been out through the door up to this point. Um, so I remember holding the doorknob, and I'm ready. My sister's with me. And I just looked up to the ceiling, and I, and I said, 
Lord, I'm just hanging by a thread. You know, if you don't give me the strength to open this door and go out there and face people today, I don't know what I'm going to have to face. You have to help me. And as I opened the door, there was a little thing on my patio, and I pulled it up. It was a little tassel. And as I pulled it up through, it was a bookmark. And it said, I know you are hurting today. I am here for you. I will help you through your tears. And, and there was a poem on that, of course. That helped me so much as I read that. The tears came, flooded my eyes, and I got the strength to walk out the door. And I got in my vehicle for the first time driving my vehicle since. Because up to this point, they had not yet taken our vehicles away. And uh, I got in there, and I drove out to my craft store business. But before I got there, I stopped at the post office to check the mail. And, of course, I did not want to be seen, but I had no choice. I had to be seen. And as I went in that, to check the mail, I remember just walking out, not speaking to anyone. And the place was pretty packed there. And I got, into, I got in, back into my vehicle and drove to my craft store. And as I got out and went into the craft store, I remember just turning and looking up to God and saying, Lord, if you don't bring me through this, then nothing else will. I am not taking any pills because my doctor had already prescribed medication for me for the stress. And I said, Lord, I am not taking any pills. You promised that you would take me safely through this mm -hmm. and my children. So I began to, um, to work, you know, open up my store. And I was very nervous about opening the door. And it wasn't very long before a lady came in. And she was a friend, not a Christian friend, but she was a good friend to us, to our family. And she looked at me and she said, you have to tell me, how in the world are you coping? Mm -hmm. Because she said, if I was facing only half of what you have to face and what the rumors and everything that's happening to your family right now, she said, I would be in the mental hospital. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? I said, it's God. It's only God that's given me the strength to do this and I said I he prepared me beforehand for this and so anyway she said to me she said I just heard because there will always be someone that will tell you the rumors mm -hmm. even though you don't need yes. to hear it right mm -hmm. so she said I got to tell you something she said were you just at the post office and I said yes I was she said well she said um, they said at the post office that you came in and you were so you had so many gold chains around your neck that you could not stand upright and you had so much gold jewelry on that you could not stand upright. But before I tell you any more of that, two days before that, as I was in my room praying and crying out to God on the floor, I would mm -hmm. never just lie on the bed because I just wanted to get I wanted to hide, you know, but I was on the floor crying out to God and I said, Lord, you know I'm going back to work soon. Please tell me and give me wisdom to know how to answer people mm -hmm. that's going to ask me questions and just like that the thought came to me do not wear any more of your jewelry mm -hmm. and like every other lady i had a couple of gold bangles i had a couple of gold chains but not tons of it mm -hmm. you know what i mean and but that came to me so strongly that i decided right from that moment i will never be seen with another bit of jewelry on because i didn't want you know, people that had lost their money, I wanted to be sensitive to mm -hmm. them. I didn't want them to hurt any more than they already were. So I stopped. Even though people knew me all their lives and knew I had worn this many times because I had it for years, you know, different birthdays, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. 
And so when she said that to me that morning, right away I knew why God put that on, impressed that on mm -hmm. me to not wear it. And, I, and she looked at me and she said, but I don't see you wearing anything. And I said to her, I said, you know what? You could check this old store out. Uh, you could check every pocket I have. You can ch even check my handbag. You will not find one piece of jewelry. And I said, and I began to cry because there I saw the faithfulness of God in that, but yet the hurt and the pain to know that people that knew me all their lives would think such things of me, you know. And uh, but then a part of me understood as well. Uh, my question is. How deeply at this point were you connected to God, fully knowing that God is intervening in your situation or God is uh, helping you through? Because that's where we're going to go now, as you've written in the book, Courage on Ego's Wings, a journey of triumph through trials. Yes. Well, uh, it was uh, September of 1999. I was... Uh, invited to attend a women's retreat and back in Newfoundland we had one every year so I always went but during this difficult time people weren't sure if I would you know want to attend but my pastor's wife invited me and she said you really need to go and I said well I'll go for for tonight but before this I felt so strongly that uh, God would he had something for me he had a message for me that there would be something that was said at that retreat that would encourage my heart, that would help me. And uh, so I agreed to go for the Friday night. And I remember sitting there in that congregation of about a thousand people, ladies actually, and there was a speaker that was invited to Newfoundland to speak at that retreat, and her name is Evangelist Marie Miller. She is um, a, a very well-known speaker. And she spoke that night, and as I'm sitting there with my two pastor's wives on each side of me holding my hand, and the service began, beautiful presence of God in that service. And as she got up to preach, uh, it was about halfway through her sermon when she said, uh, she was looking at the wall that way, and I'm down this way. So she was not looking at the congregation at all. She was looking at the wall, and she said, I see a picture of a lady's face on the wall. God is showing me a visual picture. She said, you have blonde hair, and you're wearing it up. She said, would you please stand? God has a message for you tonight. Mm -hmm. And I started to cry more and more. And uh, anyway, I just stayed there with my head bowed down. I didn't want it to be me. I just said in my spirit, I said, God, I don't want a message. I don't want I don't want to hear anything. I don't want this. You know, give it to someone else. But then she said, you're wearing a white blouse with a black, with black uh, jacket. She said, would you please stand? And that was me. And I still didn't stand. Wow. And I just shook. And my pastor's wife said to me, you know it's you. You have to stand. And I just shook my head. I don't want it. I don't want it. And then with that, she said, the lady sitting in front of you is wearing a green shirt and she is the wife of one of your employees. And wow. she was 100% correct. Wow. So with that, I knew I had to stand. This message was definitely for me. Mm -hmm. So I stood, and within seconds, she was down with her hand on my stomach and my back, and she prayed a prayer over me that was just unbelievable. And she told me, she said, you will go through the most horrific time of your life. Mm -hmm. She said, but God promised 
that he will be with you. If you will trust him, he will bring you and your three children safely out. Now, she did not ever see me before in her life. She never knew I had any children. She wow. knew nothing about me. Mm -hmm. And before she left to go back to the platform to finish her sermon, she looked at me and she said, would you come to see me before or after the service is over? Mm -hmm. And I said, I shook my head, yes. Well, what an amazing service that ended up being, of course. Uh, the spirit just moved so mightily. After the service was over, I went to her. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and she said, you do have three children, don't you? And mm -hmm. I said, yes, I do. She said, you have a son and two daughters, right? And I said, you're correct. And I'm, I'm crying because wow. I'm so amazed at how God can so mm -hmm. clearly show someone. Mm -hmm. And she said, what you're going to go through, she said, will seem worse than death to you. Mm -hmm. But she said, keep trusting God. He has promised that he will bring you, you and your three children safely through. Mm -hmm. She never mentioned my ex-husband. She just said, you and your three children. And she said, in the end, she said, you will testify of the goodness of God. So I 100% totally depended on God. Amen. Yeah, Amen. it was 100%. Amen. Because, yeah. you know, God always sees us through. Now, yes. what inspired you? Obviously, you've told the story. But I'll ask, I'll ask, what inspired you to write this masterpiece, Carried on Ego's Wing? Well, it was uh, back, like I said, um, on the earlier show with my brother, um, I had been told many times that I would write a book. It was prophesied over my life. But not only that, but back uh, uh, probably when I was maybe 38, maybe around that age or so, 39, uh, I know I was up here living. Uh, I began to really seek God. So I began to seek God for his will. And mm -hmm. I so many bad things had already happened and were still happening in my life that I just said, I remember this, it was a Tuesday night, I was in my bedroom and I normally would be at prayer meeting on a Tuesday night, but I didn't go that night, I was so burdened and I just screamed and I yelled at the devil. I mm -hmm. said, I rebuked him, you know, mm -hmm. to get out of my life and I just cried out to God and I said, Lord, I do not want my children to mm -hmm. see me in a casket until mm -hmm. I fulfill the reason you put me on earth. Mm -hmm. And I said, writing my book, I believe, is one of those reasons. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, I, I need the help with that. I said, um, there were several things that I had named out that night that I wanted to fulfill before, you know, before my children ever saw me in a casket. And it was just it just it just brought something up in me another thing was to get my grade 12 i had not had my grade 12 and that was another thing so at the age of 50 i went back to school wow and got what my, a testimony yeah, that is yeah what so. It, so you had to go back to school at this point people give up mm -hmm. at this point people give up now what is the central message that you want people to pick uh from this book what is the message that you want people to take from this book? Uh, the message that I want to get across to people, especially women, especially hurting women, and I know men hurt as well, 
uh, but it is the fact that no matter how hard life gets, it doesn't matter if you lose everything you have. I've lost it twice over in my lifetime, so it doesn't matter if it's a divorce, if it's, you know, the death of a child, of a loved one, it doesn't matter. God is always faithful. He, he always keeps his word, and, and it's like the... the the source of my book is is actually from the uh, verse in the Bible, Isaiah 40, 30, and 31, and and where God speaks about, you know, uh, the youth will uh, faint and be mm -hmm. weary, the young men will utterly fall, but those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Mm -hmm. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And that was my life up even up through the hardest, most horrific days of my life, my cry and my spirit was always crying out to God, mm -hmm. always. And, and I know that if you don't give up, there were many times, yes, I wanted to give up, I wanted to quit, I, I even wished for death. Mm -hmm. But if you don't give up, if you just hang on, even in your deepest despair, God is faithful, God will bring you through. And I am a total testimony of God's faithfulness in bringing you through for me it's been a 20 year it was 20 years altogether of, of uh, many many horrible things that happened but God has now brought me through as God has brought you through these uh, situations in the last uh, 20 years what has he meant to you what has Jesus meant to you and how has he kept you trusting in him mm -hmm. um, he's Jesus means everything to me. Uh, I think we all maybe at some point go through a time in our lives. I was, like I said, a Christian since the age of seven. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was 13 years of age. And I think being so young and receiving the Holy Spirit into my life in that kind of a way, it grounded me as a young person, as a teenager. And I always always from day one had a great desire to serve God. My, my heart's desire was to please God. Um, I had a fear of God, but not a fear of, of Him in a bad way, you know, but I reverenced God. I, I respected God. And up through my teenage life, I can honestly say there weren't a whole lot of bad things that I got involved in. You know, I didn't, because I was a Christian, so I was in church all of my life, pretty much. But Jesus means the world to me because I have many books at home that I've, I write everything down. So everything that has ever happened in my life is written on paper. And I go back over it and I look and I see the end of God in so many areas of my life. Even, even just this past week, how God just showed up and answered a prayer. The, the past few years, five years, has been a very difficult financial time for me. Uh, very, very difficult. But God has just shown up in so many ways through people. And Amen. God will always use people to help us through our difficult times. If people, the people that are watching, they want to get this book, how do they get this book? Uh, they can, right now, you can order it online on Amazon. And I know many people have done that already so that is that is a, a way of getting it right now plus um, my email is darlingking, uh, dot coew 2019 at gmail.com 
you can message me. I am hoping to have some uh, printed very soon. They can pre-order. Yes, yes. Just want uh, to encourage you out there as you're watching this program. You're going through tough time, tough season. You see, the Bible does not say that we, in this world, we won't have uh, trials, won't have uh, difficulties. And I want you to know also that just because you're going through a tough time doesn't mean that you don't have faith. In this world, we have trials. But here is the scripture that Darlene uh, read earlier. It says, uh, Isaiah 40, verse 30 to 31. I want to highlight one point there. It says, uh, even though even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly uh, fail. But look at this. But they that wait upon the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord, meaning you're going through a season, a tougher season. It doesn't mean that God isn't with you. You see, we can go through trials as well, but with God, and when we are in God, we have the strength that God becomes the one who is like, who carries us like our own ego's wings. Keep trusting Jesus, keep standing on the Word of God, Tend to God, He is our strength and our helper. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. We thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith. Hey, we teach having faith that cannot be stopped. Even your trials, even your problems cannot stop your love for Jesus Christ, just like Him. He does not stop loving you because you're going through stuff. See, until, the, until then, God bless you. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. If this program has been a blessing to you, write to us at life at kazumbacharles.com and share your testimony.